0: Welcome to an episode of No Politics, Just Music. The aim of this show is to talk about albums, bands, and music more generally. I hope you enjoy expletives and foul language. And we're off. Uh, Welcome to another episode. Today I have my cousin Jasper joining us from the Netherlands. How's it going, Jasper? Thank you, James. I'm uh, doing good. Thanks for what, sending me the album. So you sent me Magnolia Electric Company's trial, Trials and Errors which is the first live album we're going to talk about and I think it's fair to say I used to have a bit of a rule for this project where I wouldn't have live albums and I broke that rule a few months ago because I realized it was a bit limiting because I think live albums they're different but they're you know they just have a different dimension to them, right? Yes, exactly. I
1: understand why you why you made that rule uh, at first, because an album is also the order of so- of songs is is important for an album, and in uh, live albums they just play songs from different albums, so it's a different vibe for sure. But I ask you permission to send this one because nice album like this as well, the live versions. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, and it doesn't, like you don't hear the audience
0: too often, He doesn't really interact with the audience. No, I think they edited. So,
1: I guess, the first question is why? Why did you choose this album? Good question. I chose this album because it might be on number one of my, my list of albums. I think it's the best album I know so far, so I thought I should share it with you. A couple of years back, I was uh, very afraid to say such a thing because I know how subjective the best album is. Lately, I've come to the i I think it's fair to to say it out loud because it's so obvious. It's subjective that everyone knows it when I say it's the best album. That it shouldn't mean that it's the best album for you as well. If you see, if you can follow my my reasoning. Well, yeah, that's why I sent it to you. Yes. I, I don't think I've mentioned what my favourite album is
0: on this podcast yet and of course it is a completely subjective thing, I agree and I think you would disagree with me because I would say it's Rage Against the Machine's Rage Against the Machine is the greatest album of all time Okay a very different vibe uh, to either of the albums we have today
1: yes, I think so, yeah
0: And I guess it's... well I don't know your music takes too well but I don't think you listen to too much Rage Against the Machine
1: No I would say I know the basics of Rage Against the Scene, but no, not, not a big fan. Because this album that you've sent me,
0: because obviously we've spent some time hanging out, and I've heard music, and we've talked about music a little bit, we've even gone to concerts together, so I have a rough idea of the kind of music you like, and this very much falls into that. I get stereotyped, for lack of a better word, of what I think of Jasper's music. Because I don't listen to a lot of... I don't, know, I don't know how you describe this music, because there's some country elements to it. It sounds a lot like Neil Young as well, I think. Nice one, yes. He's very much inspired by Neil Young. The bands I'm thinking of that we would, you and Sana have introduced me to are like Dyrtick, Two Gallants, and I think you and I went to My Morning Jacket together the first
1: time we yes. were recording. So yeah, like I say, this album just very much fits into that, that kind of yes. music. Yes, it's hard to put a name on it, but I guess... You would go for Americana or Indie something, but no, I don't know if I can help you with giving a name to the genre, I would I would just, I don't know, I would just ignore that, that thing because it doesn't help listening to music
0: that often. It's also, now I think about it, I would expect to hear this music at Take Root.
1: Yes, unfortunately it's that, but... Okay, I didn't realize that. Yes, no, but you're definitely right. He should he should play uh he should have played that festival. Just for everyone else, take root is a I guess it's
0: a smallish festival. up like Koningen, isn't it?
1: That plays. It's been growing over the years. It's not too big, it's uh, only a one day festival. But it is a lot of fun. Um, they always have a lot of good acts there. Yeah, Americana, blues,
0: country. Even one New Zealand band last time. Oops. Which one? Oh, I can't remember for the for the life of it. Or He's <laughs> from New Zealand. <laughs> okay. So then I I've listened to this album I think three or four times now, and okay. like most albums I listen to, I listen to like while I'm at, while I'm working or doing something else. So I never really engage with. Like, I can't tell you the track names. No. The first one because that's the one I click on every time. <laughs> yes. The the first thing that struck me about this album was just how similar it sounded to Neil Young, and I don't even know. I've only listened to one Neil
1: Young album. Really? Which one? Oh, the the big famous one. I can't even tell you the name of it right now. Ah, but it's funny you mention it because actually, in this in this live performance, they've made a couple of references to Neil Young and 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 his band Crazy Horse. He was he was most definitely inspired by Neil Young. Because I read a quick uh, review
0: about this album as well, which I try not to do. Because normally they end up shaping my opinion, which I don't like. Because it should be my opinion. But yeah, the, it was a, whatever the review, whoever reviewed it, would just said how much it sounded like Neil Young as well. So three people now have mentioned. Well, the only three people
1: who heard talk about this album have all said how much it sounds like Neil Young. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, but I would say it's it, it sounds like it, but it's not the same. I I think I I think he for me at least he uh, improved Neil Young. That's a big comment. <laughs> yes, but I'm his biggest fan anyway. Neil Young? No. Oh, okay. But also I also like Neil Young. Of course. I mean you cannot not like Neil Young and then listen to this album. It's not possible. Like you mentioned, but yeah, sure. No, I just wondered if you were a massive Neil Young fan in the, in the way your dad's a massive Bob Dylan fan. No, 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 no. Although I was thinking about uh, recommending a Neil Young album at the end of this podcast, but that's a spoiler. I might that out. <laughs> uh, no, we can put that at the end, a little surprise for everyone. Yeah, I will try to think of another one because, of course, I can recommend a different album, no problem. So I, I certainly
0: don't think it's a bad thing that it sounds like Neil Young. I mean, lots of things. You know, sound like other bands it's just the way the music works you can't be completely original one to capture that sound and have it quite recognizable and still be distinct as well i think is impressive because that's not easy you know because otherwise you just fall into the trap of essentially becoming a covers band and it doesn't do that is not it? at all do you have any highlights from the album like any favorite songs
1: Nah, I'm not sure. I, I, because because it's a live album, it's so it's so fluent that sometimes you don't even recognize where they switch into another song. But I think Ring the Bell and then the follow-up is Cross the Road. I think that, that duo is very, very strong. Did you have a favorite? Yeah, for
0: me it's the first song. Really? Yeah, it just starts off very strong. Oh, like the, there's a bit of distortion on the guitar when it kicks in. And I think that's quite attention-grabbing you know. I'm not sure if that was like that obviously in the actual concert or if it's just the way it's been edited but I think that's a it's just a good way to start the album and then yeah I think it just really gets into the flow straight away There's, some albums build up and have a bit of a flow through them or you know like change of dynamics but I think this one's quite consistent I like that but I think the first song really sets the tone for the rest
1: of the album and what about the second song? And that's also quite powerful, one. Huh? Yeah. The um, build up to, to the climax. I think I'm not sure if you know what I'm talking about. Kind At of. some point, he sings, "Um, besides, you've got such pretty eyes for a snake." Yeah. Yeah, I did like that. I I really like the the build up to that point in the song. Yeah.
0: Oof. I think the last song I wasn't a big fan of. No. No, I'm not sure if it was like, if I didn't like the song, or if after an hour and 12, well, after an hour and five minutes, and not eight minutes is just too much. I'm not sure if that's the case. You know, if I say that the first song sets the tone for the rest of the album, it doesn't deviate from that. And you just have an hour and 12 minutes of the runtime of the album of that sound. And maybe that just gets a little bit too much for me at the end.
1: And actually, the last song is one of the clearest references to Neil Young. Mm-hmm. Tonight is the night is, the, is the, one of the most famous albums of Neil Young. So you might have listened to that one. I I think I've only listened to the one with um hard gold on it, which is a
0: shame. I do need to listen to more Neil Young. Okay, you uh, I never say you have to. Yeah, but if I'm trying to build a spreadsheet out with all the albums on it, and I'm up to 330 with only one Neil Young album, I think there's a bit of underrepresentation.
1: Yes, but at the same time, you have a very ambitious project yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> there's probably someone being left out somewhere yeah well you you're dead one like it. there's no
0: Bob Dylan albums whatsoever, oh my God, okay, I only know a few Bob Dylan songs as well the hurricane being my favorite
1: yes no don't 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 do an episode with him. <laughs>
0: But then, I kind of want to ask you as well, do you still play guitar? Because I know you used to play guitar. Yes,
1: I do, occasionally. And the funny thing is that uh, this summer, I I started to play together with a friend of mine. And that is the first time I've played music with someone else. Normally, music, for me, is a very individual affair. Also, listening to music, I often listen to music alone. And when I play music, it's also just for myself. But he invited me because, you know, we were obviously both bored during the lockdown to play uh, to play guitar. And the first song we practiced together is the first song of this album. Oh, really? Yes, no jokes. Because yeah. is this the kind of music that you would normally play on guitar? I don't play electric.
0: Right, but I mean, you can still play this kind of music
1: on yes, an acoustic Yes, guitar. He. He made a lot of albums that are also acoustic, so, yes, I do play songs uh, of him quite often, yes. Have you been
0: playing, because I know, well, the last time I knew for sure that you played would have been 2010 or something like this, so have you played consistently through that, I uh, guess, last decade?
1: Really, <laughs> <laughs> 2000, yes, i play, played, but it's, I use the guitar as a, as a distraction. When I'm, especially now when I'm working at home, or studying at home. Playing guitar is just very nice to have a break in between. You just play a song or two for yourself and then after you're able to, to focus again. It's not that playing music is um, uh, where all my time goes in. It's just always on the side, really. But I've played consistently the last 10 years. What about you? You've been practicing a lot these last months?
0: No, not as much as I would like because I I stopped more or less after high school because then obviously the first time I went to Groningen I didn't have a guitar with me. I think Martine mm. lent me one back then and so I had one for a few months but then when I came back to New Zealand I moved up to Wellington and I never brought a guitar with me and mm. then I went traveling again so I just never really had a guitar with me for most of the time over the last eight or nine years and then with this job because I've enjoyed music the whole time I still listen to heaps of music and I was talking to my boss about music he he plays music a lot and he has a lot of guitars so he's mentioned that he could give me one during the middle of lockdown so I was thought like, oh, that'd actually be really good because it would give me something to do rather than just you know sit there watching Netflix which isn't productive so then for like two months it was really fun to play guitar because I was learning really fast I was basically picking up all the stuff I used to know and then like, yeah, finding some new songs that I wanted to play, but everything came really fast. That sort of petered out, just because I'd got back to where I used to be, and so then I actually had to put hard work in to get better at guitar.
1: <laughs> yeah. And do, you, do you play the same things as you played ten years ago or nine years? I play quite a few of the same things. Yeah, so like the intro
0: for Under the Bridge by the record at Chewy Peppers is something I really enjoy playing there's a song that I'd always wanted to play by the Foo Fighters, Stranger Things Have Happened um, okay. and I've been trying to play that for years and years and years and for whatever reason it just clicked during the lockdown so I can play that now and so I don't think my the things that I wanted to play on guitar have changed but I think I'm just a little bit better now so I can play all of those things that I wanted to play and while I say that, I don't want to put hard work in I do have more patience now so I can sit down <laughs> and not get angry and frustrated and just put the guitar down and go do something else I'll push through now.
1: Oh, nice. Uh oh, that's good. And
0: for me, it's the same as well. Like, it's a little bit of a distraction, you know, like working at home. You know, it might be just before, well, you know, a walk into the kitchen to make lunch and the guitar is there, so I just play the guitar quickly. And it's a nice, like, break between work and lunch. It is. It is. The problem is I want to be better, but I just... I, I just we, all, it we all do. We all do, James. Yeah, but I'm just not putting in the effort, which is... Nobody does, it. or hardly
1: anyone does. Yeah, that's why it's so
0: impressive when you see someone who's really good at guitar, because you know exactly. how much time
1: they put in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but in the beginning, you say you you mostly listen to music when you're at work or during work, or you you hardly ever sit down for for an album to to listen to it from start to beginning or to the end. So what happens now is at work.
0: I have my big speakers sat next to me, and the speakers are way too big for the flat. But it's nice because an album normally runs from about 40 minutes to an hour and 20, and so there's enough time to like be really, you, you can sit down and be like, right I'm going to be really focused on work for this length of this album. And then you know that there's just going to be a little break where you, you, know, you spend a minute or two finding a new album, or just going to the next album kind of thing. But obviously if you're working really hard and concentrated, very little of that music is actually going into your brain you're not focusing on it i even have trouble listening to music when i'm focusing uh, yeah so i can't listen to new albums if i while i'm working so like for this album the first time i listened to it i was cooking you know and so then it's easy to listen to it and you sort of come in and out of it a bit then i can listen to it while i'm working because it's not completely new it's not unfamiliar yes and then you just slowly have to listen to it more and more and more but that's one thing I've really enjoyed with this project is like actually sitting down, even if it's not just focusing on that album, it's listening to it over and over again and trying to, I mean, you just get more and more out of it, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which is, I kind of want to move on to the second album, which is Mark the After Monkeys Tranquility Bass Hotel Casino. So I guess you'd be quite familiar with Mark the After Monkeys as a band. Yes, I am. But you said you hadn't heard this album before. You're completely right, James. How did you guess? Well, it might be the WhatsApp messages we exchanged beforehand, but... um...
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's true. When you sent me this album, I thought, oh, Arctic Monkeys, I know those guys. No problem. But that's already some time ago. I think I've only listened to their first two or three albums, I guess. So it was nice uh, to catch up with them again. Yep. And they have changed a lot since that. Oh, yes. I, I noticed.
0: Yes. <laughs> no more guitars, all, all pianos. I think It used to have a piano? Sorry? It used to have a piano? No, it never used to have a piano, I don't think. I think it was all oh, driven. Okay. just guitar-driven. Ah, yes. Okay, yes. Kind of pop songs. Yes. You know. Very catchy. Yeah, And now there's barely any melodies involved. Or hooks, at least. And it's the whole, the whole album's been written on
1: a piano. Ah, that's what you meant. Oh yes, okay. Now I understand. Yes. So, how did you find the album? Ah, uh, interesting. Because, um, like I said, I thought I knew the Arctic Monkeys, and they only the name already brings back memories from high school, basically. That's where the songs we listened to in high school and for high school parties, you know, and then you go completely mental on 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 those uh, quick uh, guitar songs. And then I just uh, started to listen to this, and I didn't recognise anything of that at all. It's uh, very different, yes.
0: I think it was quite a controversial album for a lot of Arctic Monkeys fans, because the album before this, AM, was the album that sort of broke them into the mainstream of America. Okay. songs like Do I Want to Know, Are You Mine, which just got thrashed on the radio. Because they were really good songs, they were really well-crafted pop songs with guitars on them easy to listen to yeah and nothing like certainly nothing challenging I mean I don't want to say it like a bad thing because it is one of my favorite albums of all time AM but then you know like you capture a lot of fans with this you know essentially yeah. pop music and then you throw them by making a, making a concept album set on a hotel on the moon in the future
1: Uh written solely on pianos I think a lot of people dropped off. Yes, yes, that, that's an interesting move. Why, why would they do such a thing? Are, yeah, were they tired with mainstream? I have no
0: idea. I've seen a couple interviews with uh, Alex Turner, the, the main creative person in the band.
1: Yes, And he
0: said when he went to start writing material for uh, this album, he looked at the guitar and he's like, "I already know where this is going to go if I pick up the guitar and start writing it on that." <laughs> and he didn't really want to go in that direction anymore. And he had a piano in his, I, th- I think he was in LA at the time, in his apartment. And so he just started playing the piano, writing these songs.
1: As you do. Yeah. Just sit down at a piano
0: and write an album. <laughs> yeah, and it does make me wonder because it's pretty clear that he's the main creative force in the band. Okay. Um, but obviously, a band is a band, and you have to have everyone else on board to write the music, right? Yes. And play the drums, the bass, and all the other instruments. So, like, I, I just I wonder how the rest of the band felt about it, you know? Because it basically becomes a one-man band at this point.
1: It sounds like a solo album. No, you mentioned it, uh, yeah. Maybe it does. Yeah. But he must have, must have talked with the other band members about this change... In direction I guess you can you you cannot just decide this and I don't know how close they are but maybe I can imagine that as a band and you're touring or creating music all the time you get very close so such a change in mood or uh, interest might become um, similar to all the group members at the same time they have the same thing because you, they are going through the same things, if they really got sick of doing all the the, the, the um, big venues and playing the old songs, I can imagine that it's not just Alex Turner being, um, wanting to make a change. No, I,
0: I, I don't think so either. They certainly wouldn't be the first band to you know have an extremely successful career running three or four albums and then get sick of their fans getting sick of the music industry and all those sort of things, and then just going in a completely different direction. Yeah, and there must be more examples of... radio here's the one that comes to mind with Kid A, Metallica changed tracks with the Black Album. Okay. I mean, a lot of these bands might not have, you know, might not have been sick of fans, I guess, maybe that's not the right word, but it's just sick of the music they were making and yes. constantly making the same kind of songs, want a new challenge. Yeah, just going for it, which takes a lot of bravery, I think.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, because... Having such a fan base gives a lot of security uh, as well. And if you move away from it, you will get a lot of criticism. Yeah, and cause
0: I re- so the first time I heard this album, like, I was looking forward to it for ages, once I knew it was coming out. And I remember saying to one of my friends, like, oh, I don't think this is going to be what people expect. <laughs> and then the day it came out, I was in India at the time, and I was staying in a hostel with shit Wi-Fi, which wouldn't surprise you. Because you went to Indonesia as well, didn't you? No, I didn't. Why? Well, but you would—you know what it's like in Southeast Asia, just in general. Yes. It's, yes. You shit, Wi-Fi and hostels. <laughs> so yes. trying to download this album, finally got it, <laughs> and then listened to it, and I was just so disappointed because I wanted AM, one of the first Arctic Monkeys albums, so and I was
1: getting—even though you expected a different album.
0: Yep. Um, interesting. Yeah, and I got Alex Turner singing about how he's going to retire on the moon. Yes.
1: So then, How much time was there in between the previous album and this one? Do you know? About five years. Oh, really? Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What have they been doing in between?
0: They were touring? Yeah. So AM came out in 2013. I saw them in Wellington in New Zealand in 2015. So they're probably just a few more tours here and there.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, one of the other things I want to talk about on this album is like the fact that it's a concept album about a retired musician singing on a hotel and casino on the moon yeah what did you think about that concept
1: well to be honest I I, uh, I also listened to the to the album when I was when I was doing other things at the same time and I think for me as a native speaker those things don't don't come across that easily I just listen to the songs and first only the melodies and the build-up of songs I, I pick up but the lyrics are always the last. So actually, I I did not really realize that he was retiring on the moon. Is that is that bad? No, not at all. I mean, okay.
0: Certainly for me, the last thing I as well that I pick up is are the lyrics.
1: In, yes.
0: And albums. I talked about this in a different episode. Like lyrics can quite often be like a way into the song, particularly in choruses and poppy songs. You know, like they have something that's easy to sing along to or something like that. and You sort of get hooked into it like that. But this album. And your album like, don't have catchy choruses to hook you into them. No. And then you know if it's just yeah, again some guy singing on piano, you're probably not going to pay as much attention to the lyrics.
1: No, I I, I, I I would have to look it up when I listen to it. So I have it to have the lyrics written down on my screen at the same time I listen to it, or listen to the to the album like. Thousands of times like I did with the one I sent you. Yeah, but it's not the first thing I pick up. No
0: No, I mean, it's completely fair
1: And that's also why I asked you if you if you listen to music when you're working because for me When I don't pick up the lyrics that makes it easier for me to Do two things at the same time read or write or I don't know what What you do for when you when you're listening to the album, but if you if you do they the lyrics, doesn't that has, uh, distract you too much? It can do. Okay. Like So that's why,
0: well, one of the reasons why I think there's not so many rap albums in this project is because, you know, with rap albums the lyrics, the narratives that they're talking about are really important. Yes. Whereas, particularly with rock music, a lot of the time the lyrics, they are important but they're not like the central focus almost another instrument. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you, like, there's just some albums I can't listen to because I'll just sing along and pay attention to the lyrics rather than actually do work. So I have to listen to them at different times. But okay,
1: but this album is about him being on the moon in a hotel with a piano and and a casino next door? Yeah, more or less. Okay. And apparently he enjoys it, right? I'm not sure if he enjoys it. No. No, I think it's just
0: a bit of a resignation that this is how his musical career has ended. The fictional character in the in the oh, whole. Like so, the last album, uh, the last song. Sorry, Ultra Cheese. Um, some of the lyrics are like, uh, "Still got friends, on still got pictures of friends on the wall. Suppose they're not friends anymore." I see. Yeah, you know, so it's just this kind of like longing. There are other characters who come into the album as well, um, so it's not solely about the one performer. I think sometimes it tries to be very clever, or the lyrics try to be very clever. Uh, like there's a lyric that goes along, something along the lines of like, I sell my, I launch my new fragrance called Integrity. I sell the fact I can't be bored, uh, which is obviously I, I find that quite funny, but it's obviously an attempt to be very clever
1: but he's always been an, uh, a clever songwriter or or, or um, text writer I think those kind of um, puns, which you call them they, they were already in, in the in the, the first albums as well I think
0: yeah for sure I mean that's why people love that first album, because it was such a good portrayal of what it was like to be you know young growing up in, in the mid-2000s uh, it's certainly why I connected with that first album, and yeah, maybe for you as well. But of course, you can't be eighteen forever. And no, it seems like it. Branch out a little bit, right? We've <laughs> all tried. But... <laughs> yeah, for me, to although, hang out the head. Look, although
1: I'm not sure if I would pick eighteen. Would you? No, nah, maybe not eighteen, but
0: between eighteen and twenty-one, because you're just naive and you don't know better. Like when you're when you're a bit older, even like 23, 25 there's just those i mean you're still just young but there's those first seeds of sort of insecurity of being old and stuff like that whereas when you're 18 or 21 you just don't give a fuck <laughs> maybe yes but you already you have just turned 26 right
1: yes i did yes <laughs> yeah you know,
0: i remember i took you for your birthday
1: <laughs> yes 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 that's true yeah it's, uh, sorry i was just thinking when i was 25 or 26 so I just quit math. But I mean, this is still a pretty good age to be. Um, they say so, yeah. But that's maybe maybe the thing that why I would not want to be 18 because I remember 18 again because I remember that when I started to go to university, that too many people told me that being a student is the best time of your life. I thought I'm I'm just just about to start being a student and you're already put the pressure on me about this is going to be the best time of your life after this you might might as well end end it it's not getting any better <laughs> i mean let let me do my own things and then we'll see at the end which was the best part of my life yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you've also always been someone
0: who's done your own thing
1: i mean you would take up say i mean we're we're we all affected by by our by our environment one way or the other, I guess. Sure. Also me. So. Yeah, but I mean, because I
0: think you know that that line that university is the best time of your life sort of applies to people who went to uni- uh, Sorry, you know, went to high school, go to university, get a job, get a partner, have a kid, and sort of settle down. The family car. Yeah. What do you? How do you say in Dutch? How's your bump your base here?
1: Exactly.
0: Whereas you know, like, because you finished high school and then went travelling for a year. Or maybe a bit longer? No, a bit less actually. Because you went to university, but I know you went to France for a while to work in, on a vineyard? Yes, that's true. And then like you've done the, the summers in Spain, working as a cycle cycle
1: tour operator? That's true. Oof, you, you could write my, my biography, man. <laughs> well,
0: it'd be on a page
1: at this rate, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: maybe that's all there is to tell. For someone, I think for someone like you who's going out of their way to actually like try new things, university was a, one good part of life, but not necessarily the best part.
1: Yeah, and and that's 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 become an issue over the years. That I don't like people to tell me what I should like, but at the same time, most often I did not have an alternative. I did not really know what I do like. So I was only being negative about, oh, you think I like this? No, I don't like this, because you say I like this. I don't know if if you recognize this. Or... I said a little bit of you, yeah. <laughs> so, but at some point, you do have to choose what What do you like, what do you want to do, instead of saying what do you don't want to do. And I, I just think that that moment came, came maybe a bit earlier to me than to most people. Because I already had this at the end of high school, I think. So for me, the things you just mentioned—you go high school, university, then marry, have have some kids—how's your bon Was already off limits very early. I think that's also just our family a little bit too, though, right? Yes, we could do a podcast on that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. But to bring it back to the music, um, yes. I see we're sort of approaching forty-five minutes now, oh. um, so it's a good time to start wrapping it up. And well, yes. Yeah, so, so this is a good chance for you to recommend any albums uh, that you think I should listen to, or people listening should listen to.
1: Okay. Am I am I still allowed to do the Neil Young album, or should I do another one? No, you can do the Neil Young album. Okay. Then then. Uh, oh. But am I allowed to do a live album again? Yeah, I I can't change the rules now, can I? Well, you can try to make exceptions not become (laughs) common. Yeah, I think it's just going to happen. But, uh, okay. (laughs) Because this one, uh, this new young live album, Return to Greendale, I just listened to recently, and I like it. I think it is a similar sound, more or less, as the one I sent you for this podcast. So it might be a good, um, good starting point to listen to some Neil Young. And the album I want to recommend is Matt
0: Berry's *The Small Hours*. Uh, okay. Which is a, it's a strange album. The reason why I'm recommending it is because it has a lot of pianos, like *Tranquility Base Hotel Casino*, but it's like it's like. It, I, guess it's kind of a jazz album which i don't really listen to but matt berry is famous from the it crowd the british tv show the tv version of what we do in the shadows and he also has his own tv show toast i think and he has like a very distinctive voice a very deep voice and it just goes really well over the top of the music and it has really weird lyrics and it's just it's just a bizarre album but i really enjoy it and it's similar enough to this one um, that I'm drawing a connection there.
1: Mm. So yeah. Okay, nice. Um,
0: and on that note, if this is anything else you want to end, I guess um, we can call it a day.
1: Uh, that's fine with me. All right. Thank you, thank you kindly for having me.
0: No, well, thanks for coming on. Um, it's, it's been a absolute pleasure.